Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapter five called Finding Help in Times of Trouble. all can have anger manifest itself in different ways. And Eliphaz is certainly concerned about his friend, right? He's heard his friend talk about his, his own life like he never wanted it to exist. He says, I have seen the foolish taking root, and I cursed his abode or his house immediately. In verse 3 of Job 5, after quoting a proverb, Eliphaz appeals once again to what he has seen. He's seen a foolish man taking root. Have you ever seen a company make a hire and maybe you were one of the employees and you saw that person for who they really were and the other people didn't see it or maybe you knew something and that person gets hired and I don't think Eliphaz is saying, I curse that. I think Eliphaz is saying, I can see what's coming here. We could put it this way. There goes the neighborhood. Because sometimes if a fool enters into a position of power and authority or influence, what do we know is going to happen next? Unless that fool becomes wise and they take root in that neighborhood, that position, that family, that relationship, those roots are going to be affecting other people. Amen? The fool impacts people just like the wise man impacts people. And I have a question for you because this is how the Bible lays this out. If you want to be a wise man, you walk according to God's principles. If you want to be a fool, you reject God's principles. But you never, please hear me, you never do it in a vacuum. Your decision-making will affect other people around you. And this particular uh, picture of a foolish man taking root is used in a negative sense, but it's used in a positive in Psalm 1 of a man or woman of God who meditates on the word of God, how often? Day and night, not just once a week, not 1.5 times a month when you show up. The evangelical average of church attendance, 1.5 times a month. What in the world is going on with that? How do we get a half a time? I can tell you, it's the people halfway there. Hope that's not you tonight. Anyway, You know, they say of trees that what you see above the ground is roughly equivalent to the depth of the roots below the ground. And the fruit that you produce in your life will be equivalent to how deep your roots go. We turn over to the book of Jeremiah. It's a little bit to your right. And I would like you to see this one because I think this says it all. And this gives us a positive uh, insight into a person who's got their roots in the right direction, even in stormy times. Jeremiah 17, look at verse 5. Jeremiah 17, 5, it says, thus says the Lord, Jeremiah 17, 5, cursed is the man who trusts in mankind and makes flesh his strength and whose heart turns away from the Lord, 17, 6. He will be like a bush in the desert and will not see when prosperity comes, but will live in stony wastes in the wilderness, a land of salt without inhabitant. On the uh, opposite end, you have a cursed is the man in five, blessed is the man, 
by contrast, who what? Trusts in the Lord. Now, the man in verse 5 trusts in mankind, man's wisdom. The man in verse 7 trusts in the Lord and his wisdom, and whose trust is the Lord. Here's what he'll be like. He'll be like a tree planted by the water that extends its roots by a stream and will not fear when the heat comes. But its leaves will be green, and it will not be anxious in a year of drought nor cease to yield fruit. The heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give each man according to his ways and according to the results of his deeds. Your spiritual life, brothers and sisters, back to the book of Job, is going to take an investment. It's going to take you deciding that you're going to plant some deep roots It's not going to be good enough just to use the weed whacker on the weeds of your life. Anybody with me? Pulling weeds out is a pain. There are weeds that look like they are alien creatures. And some of these weeds, they have these weird prickly things on them. They're they're just almost bizarre looking. Sometimes it feels like they almost might talk to you as you try to pull them out or make a weird uh, horror movie sound like weed, 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 weed. But one thing that you know about a weed is that you have to pull the weed up by the root. Now, it is satisfying to use the weed whacker on a weed, especially an alien-looking weed. But here's what you need to know. It ain't over. Because Mr. Weedy apparently doesn't need water or sunlight to grow. Have you ever noticed that you try to get your grass going and your grass won't grow, but the weeds will grow in your grass, right? Sometimes I drive into my driveway at night and I, it looks like a Disney movie. We have 17 rabbits, birds, and stuff going on. It's just craziness. And I start that weed whacker. No, 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 I'm just kidding. Anyway. <laughs> now, this person, this fool, according to Eliphaz, Job 5, verse 4, his sons are far from safety. You remember how I told you that the fool's life impacts others? Job 5, verse 4. Eliphaz says, they are even oppressed in the gate. Neither is there a deliverer. His harvest, the hungry devour this fool and take it to a place of thorns. And the schemer is eager for their wealth. When this fool plants his roots deep, the curse falls on his estate and it impacts his family and it impacts his wealth or lack thereof. He's a fool, and it's impacted the estate of the family. One writer says, the family was seen as a unit, especially in ancient days. Loss of the family estate, which was the cornerstone of an inheritance and the means of sustaining the clan, was the worst tragedy. Consequently, the fool's children must bear the cruel brunt of the curse against the estate, activated by their father's folly. The prodigal comes to mind as Jesus told the story about a son who asked for his inheritance early, and the father says, okay, take it. And the fool, the prodigal, wastes his inheritance on foolish living. And remember when the fool returns home, 
Jesus says that the father doesn't curse him, doesn't say get out of here and never show your face again. No, God has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And aren't you glad that he's been patient with you? Because a lot of us wasted some years. Sometimes I hear people talk about becoming a Christian later on in life, and they'll say to me, Pastor Michael, I am, I am regretting the years that I wasted in the world. But you know, God can restore the years that the locust is eaten. Amen? Back to your life. He's that kind of God, and he's good to us. The sons are crushed without a defender in the gate. They, they get impacted by the folly of the father. We live in a generation where there are a lot of fatherless kids, a lot of broken homes, and unfortunately, they don't have a defender in the gate. The gate was, of a city was the ancient courtroom, and the judgment is harsh. They're crushed in the gate. A lot of Young men and young ladies without a father figure, unfortunately, get crushed under the weight of this world and bad counsel. If that's you, be of good cheer. God can turn your life around, teach you how to live. Just get around some wise people who are following Jesus, and they'll show you the way. For affliction, verse 6, does not come from the dust, says Eliphaz. Neither does trouble sprout from the ground. For, a man, for man is born for trouble, as sparks fly upward. Now, Job, imagine you're Job there, and what has Job lost? Everything. All of his children have died. They were crushed by a house as they were uh, celebrating. The house collapsed on them. How many times during the first part of this speech could Job have said, thanks a lot, Eliphaz? Because you may not be speaking directly to me in your speech, but I'm being hit with a barb in my heart every time you mention a state or children because that's what I've lost. And Eliphaz is minimally at least implying that, Job, you must have done something wrong. You start a fire, the sparks defy gravity, they fly upward. Uh, trouble, affliction, does not come, verse 6, from the dust. Neither does trouble sprout from the ground. It comes from somewhere. Earlier in chapter 4, he said, those who harvest trouble, they end up reaping it. Whatever you sow, you will also reap. Implication, Job, you must have been sowing some bad seed. That's why this trouble has come to you. Now, they had come to bring Job comfort. How do you think Eliphaz is doing so far? He's speaking some truth, no doubt. There's some principles that are true. But he's basically telling Job, you must have done something wrong. Proverbs 6, 27 says, can a man take fire in his bosom or to his chest and his clothes not be burned? Can a man walk on hot coals and his feet not be scorched? So is the one who goes into his neighbor's wife, Proverbs 6, 27 through 29. Whoever touches her will not go unpunished. And so this is what Eliphaz is saying to Job. You have to have messed up. Something must be wrong. And we might say the amen until we say, but wait a minute. The fire was not started by Job. Job did not throw any bad seeds into the ground. He was the most righteous man on the 
face of the earth that God was bragging about before Satan. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Pastor Michael Lance has invited you to celebrate Easter at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona. Early risers can come to the first service at 6 a.m. Just bring a chair and a blanket, maybe a carafe of coffee or whatever you need. And we'll be celebrating the Lord early in the morning as the sun comes up. You're also invited to worship with us at the 10 a.m. service live streamed on the Living Truth YouTube channel. Now, if you haven't been to church in like a year, and remember the shutdowns really came into effect around Easter time last year. It was strange not to be together with the church last Easter. That's not going to happen this year. We're going to be with the saints of God, man. And if you haven't been to church for a while, what a great time to come back. Visit Living Truth Christian Fellowship on Easter Sunday at 6 a.m. or 10 a.m. But if you live outside Southern California or can't attend service, you're still invited to worship with us at 10 a.m. Live streamed on the Living Truth Christian Fellowship YouTube channel. Visit walkintruth.com and click on YouTube or download the free Living Truth app. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. Can a man walk on hot coals and his feet not be scorched? So is the one who goes into his neighbor's wife, Proverbs 6, 27 through 29. Whoever touches her will not go unpunished. And so this is what Eliphaz is saying to Job. You have to have messed up. Something must be wrong. And we might say the amen until we say, but wait a minute. The fire was not started by Job. Job did not throw any bad seeds into the ground. He was the most righteous man on the face of the earth that God was bragging about before Satan. Well, then then what's going on here? Well, Eliphaz can't see the heavenly scene. He doesn't know what's happened. He has limited knowledge. And so he says, but as for me, here's what I would do if I were you in New Living Translation. If I were you, I would go and present my case to him, to God. As for me, I would seek God. I would place my cause before God. Have you ever had a friend or maybe you've heard somebody say, just give it to God. Just give it to God. And in your mind, you're thinking, I've given it to God 257 times. (laughs) I'd like to respond as a non-Christian just for one moment, Lord. Would that be okay? Give it to God. Just give it to God. I gave it to God, and he's given it to me. (laughs) Oh, boy, has he. Can you imagine how many times Job has to bite his lip during this speech? (laughs) Scraping his boils. (laughs) Scratching his head. Scraping a boil. Scratching his head. What do you mean, give it to God? I'm going to give it to you. Now, Eliphaz continues, 
God does great and unsearchable things, true. Wonder, wonders without number. He's a miracle-working God. He gives rain on the earth. We saw that today. <laughs> Suddenly, a downfall, right? Man, it was a beautiful day in the morning. It was a beautiful day in the neighborhood. And then, all of a sudden, in the early afternoon, the storm clouds came. I even heard that some lightning hit some place in Norco, and did it cause a fire? Wow. You never know what can happen. But God is gracious. It's a good thing we got some rain in Southern California uh, this last year, amen, because we went, what, seven or eight years of drought, and it was looking like California would just dry up, <laughs> right? Well, the Lord gives rain on the earth. He sends water on the fields, true, so that he sets on high those who are lowly, and those who mourn are lifted to safety. Now, Eliphaz, I think, is being kind here. He's saying to Job, look, God is a God of wonders. He sends water and rain. He sets on high those who are lowly, verse 11. Those who mourn are lifted up. They're lifted to safety. I think he's saying to Job, Job, you can live again. Job, your life doesn't have to be over. Job, don't curse the day of your conception. Don't curse the night of your birth. Don't ask the universe or God to wipe it off the calendar forever. Don't do that. And in that sense, Eliphaz is right. God is a miracle-working God. Write down Psalm 145, 1 through 9. Read it maybe in a devotion this week. He, God, frustrates the plotting of the shrewd so their hands cannot attain success. That's true. The same God who could restore the lowly in the morning can frustrate the plots and schemes of the wicked the so-called wise. In fact, God, 13, captures the wise by their own shrewdness and the advice of the cunning is quickly thwarted. Now, this particular verse, first, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Job 5.13, is quoted by Paul in 1 Corinthians 3.19. He captures the wise by their own shrewdness and there, there may be a portion of a psalm here. And the advice of the cunning is quickly thwarted. God can bring to an end the so-called wisdom of the wise. This is 1 Corinthians three eighteen and 19. Write it down. It says, Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you thinks that he is wise in this age, let him become foolish that he might become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness before God, for it is written, here's the quote from Job 5, he is the one who catches the wise in their craftiness. Scholars say that 1 Corinthians 3.19 is the only clear New Testament quotation from the book of Job. So that's the only time that Job is quoted apparently in the New Testament is in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 3. By day, these so-called wise people of the world, they meet with darkness, they Grope at noon as in the night. The brightest hour for the crafty is turned into darkness. God turns their so-called wisdom into stupidity. Romans 121-22 says, Even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Remember, professing to be wise, they became fools. And Eliphaz is right. There are people who claim to have wisdom that are simply just foolish, and at some point their wisdom so-called means nothing. 
But God saves. He saves 15 from the sword of their mouth, from the cutting words of the strong, New Living Translation. And the poor from the hand of the mighty. He takes them from the clutches of the powerful, NIV. So that the helpless, so the helpless, 16 of Job 5, so the helpless has hope. And unrighteousness must shut its mouth. Sometimes in this world, you can feel helpless. And helplessness often goes with a feeling of hopelessness. You see, when we feel helpless to fix something, change something, overcome something, then we get hopeless. We feel helpless and then hopeless. But with God, there is never a time to be hopeless. Because Jesus Christ is our hope, and the hope that we have is the anchor of our souls. The winds may blow. It may blow your ship around. There may be difficulty. It may be hard. But in the end, Jesus Christ is the anchor in the storm. And if you're anchored to him, you have hope. The Greek word for hope is elpis, E-L-P-I-S. One writer says it's the rich, one of the richest terms in the New Testament. It radically differs from our normal understanding of hope. The Bible describes hope with a metaphor. Hope is the anchor of our souls. Our souls are not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. We have stability in our lives because in the midst of the tempest, there is an anchor. And the anchor is the hope that God the Holy Spirit has shed abroad in our hearts. It is a hope that cannot possibly be ashamed. It is a hope that carries with it God's assurance. It is a hope that cannot fail. In one sense, our faith looks backward so that we put our trust in what Christ has done for us. In another sense, says this writer, our hope looks forward with the same assurance to what he will do when he completes his work of redemption in us, a work that cannot fail. Hope is merely faith looking forward. And see, a Christian is never without hope because we have Christ in our lives, and he is our living hope, as Shane sang about earlier. We have a blessed hope that's coming, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And this hope can anchor you in times of trouble. You've been listening to Finding Help in Times of Trouble, Part 2 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapter 5. If you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, how are you doing? Are you in need of some counsel or advice? If you simply need prayer or to be heard, please give us a call. We have pastors at the church that are ready to talk to you Tuesdays through Fridays. Call 844-48-TRUTH during normal business hours. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, in order to find help in trouble, you have to admit that you need help. (laughs) That can be one of the more difficult things to tell somebody, I'm in trouble. I need help. That can be, for some of us at least, the hardest thing to do because it's admitting that I can't do it by myself. Do you know, that's really the first step of salvation is to admit that you're in trouble and that someone else has come to rescue you and you need his help, namely the help of Jesus. And my friend, if you've never done that before, if you've been afraid, you know, maybe you have some friends that think, that say, oh, 
being a Christian, they're just a bunch of weak people who need a crutch. Well, I tell you what, everybody's going to serve somebody or something, and ultimately, everybody's going to need a crutch at some point. No better crutch than the one that spoke the universe into existence and the one who died on that cross for you and for me. So don't worry about what other people think about you because we all need the Lord. That's something that I discovered a long time ago. We all need the Lord. And you can find help in your troubled times by reaching out to him. Something like this, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on that cross for me, rising from the dead. Pray it if it's you. Keep your eyes open if you're driving. I'm sorry for my sin. Thank you for entering into my pain and suffering. Thank you for what you did for me, and thank you for your church. And though I get disappointed and hesitate sometimes to ask for help, I want to reach out and get some help today. Hey, reach out to a local church that maybe God's had on your heart. Maybe you have one in your neighborhood. Maybe you've been listening and you want to check out a church, or if we can help you in any way, reach out to us over uh, walkintruth.com or 844-48-TRUTH. Glad you're listening to the book of Job. This is Pastor Michael Lance. We'll catch you right here tomorrow. God bless. And just one more reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Thanks to listeners and church partners like you, we're now on three more radio stations. So praise God. If you're a longtime listener, please become a partner of at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. And so you know, we've skipped over some of Pastor Michael's teachings in the book of Job. But you can listen or watch those teachings when you download our free Living Truth app, the one with the red logo with the pillars. And join us tomorrow for the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapter 5 called Finding Help in Times of Trouble. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.